We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. We're talking about what we're thankful for in the NFL fantasy season, including innovative offenses, superstar rookies, and much, much more on this edition of Road of His Overtime. Now let's kick it off. Hey everyone, you're listening to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by MyBookie. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me, as always, on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined again by my co-host, the co-owner of Rotoviz, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, week 11, and it's just, I, I mentioned it after week 2, after week 4, after week 6. It's crazy how fast the season is going in, but it's been a, a very interesting season, a very fascinating season, and we've talked about the offenses and how things are going with the the innovation the high scoring and this week did not disappoint we had a lot of different ways and i guess we have to hit on that monday night football with a an all-time uh, you know game in terms of both teams hitting over 50 points and obviously then that leads to the first team ever having more than 50 points and losing a game uh, over a thousand yards of combined offense just an amazing amazing contest with a lot of young players a lot of young stars and we're going to be talking about them on today's show we're going to be talking a lot as well about dynasty assets and young rookies and some of them obviously would have been 
massive assets coming in some of them that are picking up value as the season has gone along so lots of uh, rookie talk on the show today and we'll be talking as well about the heavy hitters like we mentioned one of my most enjoyable moments from this past week was certainly not watching the Packers uh, choke <laughs> against the Seahawks but the the one I did enjoy from a non-Packers related perspective was Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton finding that connection again I've really enjoyed seeing Andrew Luck back seeing him healthy and seeing an offensive line who is able to keep him upright so I'm enjoying watching the Colts play football at the moment but uh, outside of uh, those things what what really took your uh, view in week 11 I'm sure the the Chiefs uh, game was is going to take top priority in that well we we've talked about it on numerous occasions but this has been the most fun football season in a long Uh, long time no doubt Uh, certainly yeah much more fun than than, uh certainly 2016 and and 2017 and and that was before monday night where i believe that was the best regular season at least certainly there have been some fantastic playoff games that are more important by virtue of being in the playoffs and last year's super bowl a fantastic game but this was the best regular season game that i've ever seen and it's easy to focus on the offense and one of the things that was so fun about this game was that both teams needed to score it really shows and certainly the chiefs defense has some real weaknesses but that these teams if they need to score more than they have in most of their games they can it was it was fun to see a game where the rams and the chiefs didn't need to shut it down midway through the third quarter at the same time it's not like the defenses didn't contribute when you have a game where there's so much pressure to score that opens up opportunities for the defense and we saw three defensive touchdowns so the defenses didn't just go away they made some big plays at some big moments and uh, i guess uh, the other part is like this is a you mentioned in the regular season there is the possibility that we see this come all the way back around uh, in the february in the super bowl and um, i just cannot imagine the hype that would be around that i don't know what sort of total vegas would be setting for it it would just be uh, off the charts in terms of uh, you know just what we could expect after seeing this one and you mentioned this one has been one of the all-time greats i hinted at it as well uh, the cowboys against the broncos is one that always instantly sticks into my mind from three or four years ago which i thought was one of tony Romo best ever games and then Peyton Manning I always remember from that game that he, he fooled the cameraman fooled everybody in the stadium and kept it for the the Russian touchdown off play action so I would always uh, put that game in there there's been a lot of great games but this one is definitely up there something that you touched on Sean uh, in the 15 this week up on rotaviz.com was the fact that you know that the, the points that have been scored in this game obviously we had Mahomes and Goff and Hill all over 40 points Kelsey 28 points Connolly had 26 points hunt you know big games for Everett big game for Reynolds uh you know just monster games all around as we'd expect and Gardley actually finishing the game with his lowest total of the season but the big takeaway for you was that Tyreek Hill had the 40 plus point game that moves him to third for the season just below Adam Thielen who's we've we've had we've touched on it here on multiple occasions as having a historic year just uh, above Devontae Adams who's having a really solid year for the Packers almost a thousand yards for him so far this season so Tyreek Hill who many would have thought was possibly a Deshaun Jackson type player uh, maybe a gadget player we've seen you know Tavon Austin come in an uh, undersized player with a lot of speed uh, I, maybe if you look back to Percy Harvin might be a, a, the, the closest similarity in terms of what we thought but Tyreek Hill has just proven himself to be you know just an out and out wide receiver one basically on this team even at his size the speed just is devastating to each and every defense he goes up against so Tyreek Hill moving up to third and you touched on Stefan Diggs in the 15 being 
pretty much one of the top wide receivers you want to own that was written before this game happened on monday night football where now does tyreek sit uh in terms of those dynasty rankings has this altered your perception well i had mentioned after Diggs with the big game and, and every game uh certainly the the big games that Diggs has you know he, he looks like antonio brown i i think we're to the point now where that stops being as silly a comparison or as optimistic a comparison but simply the reality and he's now for this season when he's healthy he he literally is that good the issue has always been staying healthy and staying on the field even in games where he has only played one game here and missed two games play the next game when he has it any health he has produced and this year he is uh thankfully having a little run of uh, consistent health yeah and that's that's a that's a big deal it's also a good sign i think when some of these elite players do go out at less than 100 percent and at least function as a decoy because when you have someone like Thielen, and, and arguably that's what Thielen did a little bit in this last game but when you have two elite wide receivers if you can get them on the field and that's one of the reasons i think the Bengals were hoping that aj green could play in their game against the ravens because even though he clearly would not have been anywhere close to 100 percent, it would have opened things up quite a bit for tyler boyd and without him in there it just you know double and triple teams for boyd throughout the game but yeah so we have digs with this huge game again obviously you score once and it changes everything in the future but you know it's easy to look at it and say well it could have been a much bigger game too if cousins hadn't missed him for an easy 40 yard touchdown early on so my point was that with what he's scoring now and depending on your format how it penalizes turnovers he's actually just a hair above odell beckham for this season in points but i was mentioning that i would only have three guys clearly ahead of him which would be obviously beckham michael thomas and deandre hopkins and then those other three guys who are up there Devonte adams uh, tyreek hill adam thielen would be uh, a difficult conversation and i could understand the arguments for those guys obviously antonio brown and julio jones two best receivers in the game but really above the age level and i encourage people who have questions about that to go back and read some of blair andrews he's got some amazing stuff in the wrong read discussing it from a variety of angles so it's not just the normal age uh, window stuff that you've seen blair's information his research will will you know shine some different or shine a light on that and some of the different angles that you can look at from that but basically if you take those two guys out Diggs moves in there but then just a few hours later hill comes out and, and is like uh you're gonna take Diggs over your hometown chiefs guy who is hooked up with Patrick Mahomes and is the fastest man in the NFL. And like you alluded, he's not just fast in the Deshaun Jackson kind of way uh, and doesn't just play in the Deshaun Jackson kind of way. He's both much faster and thicker and a more all-around player. And certainly for some of these fast guys too, you could argue that if they had had Patrick Mahomes, they might be scoring like this. So yes, he'll definitely in that category. And I think even to the point now where we could say uh, that he would be in the Michael Thomas category, right? Because so much of Thomas is the connection with Breeze, and certainly as well as Breeze is playing, uh, there's no obvious reason where he would need to retire in the near term. But he'll maybe hooked up with a quarterback that is even better for him and to where he could play almost his entire career with that quarterback. So I just want where, where sky's the limit with hill he's in that group he moved ahead scoring wise 
above Devonte Adams as a Packers fan, where would you put Adams with that group? Well, I I, I would have just was about to ask the question. Like, I I would probably have Adams still above Thielen and Diggs, but I think him and Diggs are where I have the line, and I think I have Hill and Thielen similar. But I think I would have Thielen still above Hill. It's a very hard one to decipher with Hill. There's times that I love everything he does, and then there's times where I have some concerns. But I think you know if you have him in those top five six you know dynasty wide receivers i have absolutely no issue with that just my tier of wide receiver would be slightly different uh, with adams obviously he's paired with Aaron Rodgers. he has had a you know in terms of touchdowns since he came into the league well uh, maybe if we don't look at when he came in but basically since his breakout year he's led the league in touchdowns he's very very consistent if you look at what he's added this season he's had pretty much you know close to 100 yards in the majority of his games i think he had back-to-back 150 yard games a couple of weeks ago uh, so he's continued to develop as well my con- concern with Adams is his concussions but he has the long-term contract with the Packers he's tied to Aaron Rodgers so I still think you know the the, the sky is the upside for him uh, in terms of the other players you mentioned we, we kind of know about them with Odell uh, with Nuke Michael Thomas is the interesting one you mentioned that Drew Brees has the potential to play for many more years but there there is that concern that you know, you know let's say they won a Super Bowl does he call today how many years is left in the tank and that would be the interesting thing with Thomas versus Hill is that Hill at the moment is tied to Mahomes you have Hopkins who is tied to obviously uh, Deshaun Jackson so those players have the that their benefit as well so Thomas while I think he is possibly I, I would probably say the third best receiver in the NFL now it's still take on on a given day i would take odell and uh, hopkins ahead of him but it's interesting to see with drew how that affects the dynasty value but hill is uh, really making that case to keep pushing himself up those charts and you know as i said sometimes i i have concerns but if he keeps you know performing like this and against like how he performed against the patriots uh I, i'm just gonna have to change them and it's not any knock on hill in terms of what i think of him as a player i just think that uh, I would still take the other guys over him, but uh, it's 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 pecking hair, Sean, at, at this point. Well, one of the interesting things too that comes up, I think, from that conversation is this idea with Thomas and if Traquan starts to play a bigger role, they've got the multiple running backs that they like to keep involved. You look at Hill, and he's had a couple of down weeks with the fact that in that week, Travis Kelsey or Sammy Watkins. Uh, or it was a Kareem Hunt game, both in terms of scoring on the ground and catching those touchdown passes. The interesting thing, I think, with these teams, and we've seen it with the Rams, uh, although, again, it was an interesting development, I think, that Gurley had such a low score in such a high-scoring overall game. But these offenses that have these multiple weapons but also aggressive innovative coaches that you have a little bit less of the issue now of looking at them and simply saying okay well you have to split their volume up and once you split the volume up then they have a lower ceiling and maybe you want to prioritize a different player these offenses are scoring so much that the pie gets so large that even when you split it there is plenty to go around and i think that's been you know one of the fun things about this season it's not that we haven't seen it before certainly there have been some indianapolis colts teams with peyton manning uh manning with the broncos certainly tom brady with the patriots although in that case the pie in, in many seasons has been split uh, in ways that make it not even necessarily difficult total points wise but difficult on a weekly starting basis but when you're looking at the rams you're looking at the saints you're looking at the chiefs those are not difficult starts for those guys you just plug them in and you're looking at a top running back a top wide receiver even though the volume is split and and that's one of the things that has been so great about this season and those offenses 
Yeah, and we've seen it as well with somebody like uh, Josh Reynolds slotting and that pie still continues to, to get that spread around, even if you're not the top, top option, because, as we mentioned, the innovation and the play call helps get those guys open with the scheme. So uh, you're just basically plugging them in and playing them uh, each and every week. And I think, Sean, that was the perfect analogy. You mentioned a big piece of pie, and it is Thanksgiving. So I guess the perfect time to say happy Thanksgiving to all of our <laughs> listeners uh, out there as well. And uh, with that, let's get to the second quarter. So, Sean, in the second quarter this week, uh, I was having to read through it, and it's uh, quite quite interesting that I you're starting to name drop me. And uh, as we talk about the uh, dynasty rankings, you talked about Saquon Barkley, and he's somebody who we've talked about on the show. And I've kind of said I, I think he's there, but we talked about Cream Hunt being an option as well, and we've kind of mixed that up. And obviously, Hunt having another big game this week, but after this past week, and I know it's against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but first year in the league has to be the offensive rookie of the year the guy uh, has to be the number one overall in terms of running backs and dynasty at this point uh, I, it's it's, uh, it's really impossible to make a case against it yeah Barkley looks fantastic and I think that you have to move him up to number one or at least consider moving him up to number one overall we've talked about his profile before but he's even more important to that offense. And you can say more important to that offense because the quarterback play is so weak. But the Giants have arguably the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. They've got a great secondary receiver in Sterling Shepard. They have a potentially elite, although this season has been disappointing for Evan Ingram. So across the board, players like that. And I think that's both a strength and a weakness for their team as it relates to his dynasty ranking but that giants team looking to the future is going to score and you know you can overvalue at times the age difference but even someone like todd Gurley, who's still young when you're looking at the difference in age between Gurley and barkley certainly between uh, david johnson Le'Veon bell and barkley you know that's really the window again going back to blair's research where you know you're looking at the 22 23 24 i mean those are the ages you're wanting to target and so with Barkley being the perfect back. And I think that, you know, you can even look at the Monday Night Football and it's almost certainly just an aberration, just a fluke. But when the Rams really needed to score against the Chiefs, and that was basically from the beginning, they emphasized their passing game. And Gurley has been a weapon in the passing game, but he's more of a dump off and then run to daylight kind of player. Whereas, you know, Barkley is even more fluid, more flexible, more dynamic in the receiving game I, I think you have to prefer his talent and the volume that he's going to continue to have in all game scripts in all types of seasons with all types of quarterbacks and with the talent that they have around him and when you have an Odell Beckham out there on the field you cannot attack a Saquon Barkley in the same way that you might be able to attack a David Johnson now certainly Todd Gurley has a wealth of things also working in his favor and and you know i wouldn't dispute anybody who had him at number one but but for me it's 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 time to move barkley to the very top yeah and see with barkley the other thing is you know I, i've said it on this show i've said it in other places the giants i still think it was the wrong decision to take a running back at that spot but in terms of the actual running back ability you've mentioned Gurley, you've mentioned uh zeke you know you're mentioning these guys who coming out of the draft we thought you know these are the next big thing these are the next big thing and they have proven to be extremely extremely efficient and good running backs but when you look at them compared to what barkley has done so far based on the profile coming out of college i think you know i think barkley is already showing that he will likely be the best out of them barring injury the the, the offense he's in at the moment is 
probably the worst offense apart from when Gardley was under Fisher, to, to, uh, Jeff Fisher with the Rams. But overall, uh, you know, the offensive lines per there's just a lot of things that are going on outside of you. As you mentioned at the skill positions, there's not a lot to get excited about on the offense here. And you know, if he gets a different quarterback, I just imagine a situation where if you had Barkley at the Rams, if you had Barkley at the Chiefs. I think he could do what they're doing plus more. I just think in terms of what ability he has shown so far, it's really, really hard to pick any single hole in his game from an actual playing perspective. And then when you take that into a fantasy football perspective with the usage, with the pass catching ability, uh, f- for me, definitely the number one running back in terms of dynasty. I- I'm always going to find it hard to take a, a running back at number one overall. But you know, if you have that number one spot in a startup, uh, you have to take a long, long, hard look at it um, because the wide receivers at the moment are a little bit getting a little bit deeper like we mentioned you know julio you might get a julio a little bit later now because he's a bit older you'll still get a couple of years out of him uh, even off elite production at that age but when you look at the running backs you are looking at those kind of five or six guys and if you're picking in that top three or four picks they're unlikely to get back to you at the second round uh, turn so it's it's an interesting dilemma but saquon barkley for me uh, no doubt about it rookie of the year dynasty uh, rookie of the year and uh, any more awards that you want to give with it just an incredible incredible season so once again today's show is brought to you by my bookie and as i mentioned earlier in the show it is thanksgiving and i know i'm in ireland and uh, but i do celebrate the american holidays as well and i'll be sitting down to watch some exciting football this weekend or this thursday uh, and actually i'll be staying up quite late into the night because uh, the time difference here makes it quite complicated for watching sports but when you're watching sports there is no better way to get involved in the action than having a wager on it but have you ever been afraid to pick the wrong team and afraid to place the bet based on that this thanksgiving it's finally possible for you to get a hundred percent refund on your bet even if you lose with the turkey day free play with my bookie you can bet against the spread on either the bears or the lions if it wins you win if it loses my bookie will give you your money back up to 250 dollars. you literally can't lose there is no risk involved in this one you know i've talked about my book each week that they've sponsored the show I don't think I've ever seen a bookmaker give an offer like this where you can bet up to $250 and they're guaranteed to give the funds back if it doesn't win. So no risk, nothing to lose. I can't see any reason why not to have it, especially when you're sitting down to watch football this Thanksgiving. The product is great for my bookie. The service they offer is top class. They also have a great mobile app that is very easy and accessible to use so if you sign up for my bookie this week they will also give you a 50 percent bonus to jumpstart your bankroll it's a great way to bank on even more money if you win if you log in to my bookie right now use the promo code rotaviz they will guarantee that 50 percent sign up bonus that promo code is rotoviz and also with the turkey day free play if you lose they will automatically credit the money back into your account there is nothing else that you need to do other than place the wager if it loses it will be refunded into your account what are you waiting for sign up today and don't miss out on the gravy train at mybookie.ag that promo code again is rotoviz this seems especially like a good deal for detroit lions fans who uh, maybe bet against your team on Thanksgiving. Uh, at the same time, Lions fans are, are very used to the difficulty that comes with not just the Thanksgiving game, but the entire season. So if, you, if you're a Lions fan, <laughs> I would definitely get in on this deal. Certainly the Bears on the way up. Exciting team. Hopefully Trubisky is good for the game. But all of us lions fans out there need to stick together and try and make these free bets as many times as possible 
So jumping into the third quarter and we're looking now at the rookie wide receivers. We've talked a little bit about the running backs and we're looking at DJ Moore and we've talked about DJ. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Turbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. More, quite a bit on the show, Sean. We had a couple of weeks where we talked him up, didn't really have the big weeks, and he's had big weeks in between when we've talked about him. But he is somebody, as a rookie coming into the season, we were talking about talking about the opportunity that he would have in Carolina. And this past week in particular, another monster performance from him. I've I've really been impressed with what he's been able to do. His usage obviously has been spotty at times, but you know when he has been f- the focus of the offense, between him and Curtis Samuel, they're kind of getting a week about in terms of who's getting the usage. But DJ Moore has shown everything we kind of thought of him and more. Uh, almost got a, that long touchdown where he got caught just before the goal line after quite a simple catch from Cam Newton, but uh, showing the athleticism, showing everything that we expected from his profile. And at this point, we talked about the 101 and dynasty obviously being a runaway leader for Saquon but when you're looking then in terms of who you'd be taking after him uh, DJ Moore is starting to make a a little bit of a case for himself the other player obviously at the wide receiver position started off very strong earlier in the year was Calvin Ridley uh, but what's your situation now looking at DJ Moore has he started to live up to what we thought we talk about wide receivers first year sometimes learning the system it takes a couple of years for them to break out but DJ Moore seems to be grasping on fairly quickly and uh, as we project to future years uh, it's very exciting for both Panthers fans and fantasy football owners. Moore is a guy that I had tried to make sure I got in as many of the dynasty drafts as possible including making trades for him after the draft in in cases where I missed. He easily won our Rotoviz wide receiver tournament last April. We we start that in March and kind of run it uh, concurrently with the college basketball march madness and a lot of fun and and he was the the easy victor there he led the way in anthony amico's wide receiver projection model uh he was one of the reasons why john lipinski has pointed out that this wide receiver class is really underrated and in my personal projection model which is uh very similar to anthony's obviously you know we share a lot of the the same research and idea but have a few subtle differences his rookie projection was just gigantic now that is separate from situation and because of that i didn't buy into the projection completely because they have multiple wide receivers and they have an offense that i didn't feel was that favorable for the wide receiver you mentioned his usage has been a little bit hit and miss and i would expect that to continue in an offense run by cam newton where you know there are a lot of quarterback runs obviously you've got christian mccaffrey very involved but more I felt like was going to definitely be 
the wide receiver one on this team. And I think they've made that move at this point. He's ahead of Bunches. Uh, certainly they've got some other interesting guys like Curtis Samuel, who made another fantastic play in this game, but you know, isn't that interest involved from a volume perspective either. So you've got some other big talents who also fighting for what are really limited touches. Uh, this Panthers offense, I think has the potential to be very high scoring, but perhaps in a different way than what we've seen from those teams we talked about earlier, where the pie gets very big. I don't think that we're going to see that or certainly initially uh, from the Panthers. And so that limits him to an extent, but he's a fantastic player the panthers fans coaches media were talking about him as the next steve smith and all the similarities between him and steve smith uh, during the offseason during training camp and so it was disappointing to see the quiet beginning but this most recent game uh, was definitely a steve smith kind of game you know has those short area catches you know he went up and made the the big catch of the sideline and then the long you know 82 yard gain he made makes a fantastic uh toe t- tapping touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone that would have won the game for them if newton didn't miss a wide open receiver on the subsequent two-point conversion and so more now is in that conversation as the second best rookie and so it's interesting then you put him in there with, as you mentioned, Calvin Ridley, and then the running backs who at this point are Nick Chubb and Carryon Johnson. Certainly still hopeful long-term Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman, obviously Darius Geis when he comes back healthy. But I think those guys are a tear down at this point. Uh, would you agree with that? And out of that group, Chubb, Carryon, Calvin Ridley, Moore, who do you prefer? uh to be honest i'd be quite happy with any of the four uh looking at in terms of running back i've been really impressed with chubb and we did talk about him uh quite a bit before he started to get a little bit more playing time but i think at running back you know carry on johnson over the last three weeks has really impressed me uh you know in terms of his running ability that for some reason the lions are still <laughs> slotting the garrett blunt in there and it's just a, a complete waste of uh, offensive snaps but i think long term carry on johnson uh, could potentially be a, a real workhorse for them uh, nick chubb is obviously impressed me as well um, it's interesting to look at this year as well with you know the running back position we did tout it as such a strong position people were talking about it didn't really matter who you got you know outside of Barkley then we had you know Chubb we had as you mentioned Royce Freeman um, you know there was just so many guys in there Sonny Michelle uh, you know Rochelle Penny up in, in Seattle there was so many guys Darius Geis obviously his was injury related but really the running back position outside of the two that I mentioned in Chubb and Johnson and then Barkley it probably has under delivered in terms of the rookie profiles we thought obviously there's a long time to go guys could come back from the injury we could see uh, Sonny Michelle start to get more of a workload in the Patriots offense but it's it's always interesting to see how these things break I think if you look again obviously I talk about wide receivers holding value in dynasty I think this is another case where if you have a wide receiver who makes one or two big plays that can stick in the memory if we see a running back running it in once or twice it can fade very very quickly so uh, again them holding the value so that would be in dynasty one of the reasons I I tend to to hold out on those rookies but you mentioned somebody as well and that was Curtis Samuel and although he's not a rookie in this conversation he's somebody who I think you know has bounced back in terms of what his value was his perception coming into the NFL I think 
he's starting to uh, you know with with staying healthy, starting to to produce uh, some big plays. Has Curtis Samuel was he somebody coming into the league that you were interested in? And as you mentioned, this offense, there's only some. So we were talking about pies all show long. I suppose it's perfect on Thanksgiving, but um, with the players there, we have obviously Christian McCaffrey. We have Cam Newton running the ball. Uh, Greg Olson's starting to get to the end of the line, so we'll not talk about him. But when you look at it, then Funches is somebody who's started to fade a little bit into the background. Although I, I did like him in the past, but with with the other two wide receivers there, how do you see it going in this offense? Because it, Cam Newton's never going to be somebody who's consistently, you know, putting up huge passing numbers, but he does put up quite good touchdown numbers in terms of his efficiency in the red zone. What's your thoughts on somebody like Samuel, and could he potentially then lead to more not really becoming that? Uh, wide out number one on, on the Panthers offense I don't think that Samuel is going to have a big impact on Moore he could have an impact on Funches from the perspective of taking Funches from being moderately playable to not really playable at all and creating this dynamic where you have a team that is very explosive maybe doesn't have the total play number that you're looking for to be able to just plug and play all of those guys but when you're talking about 2019 and then again the question of if Funchess is even part of this team which if Samuel continues to develop could very easily not be the case Samuel is going to continue to get more volume the offense is going to become more explosive it's not like they're struggling now they've had some games where because the number of possessions worked out in such a way that the scoring happened either you know all at once at the beginning or all at once in the fourth quarter but with the way McCaffrey's playing with the way that they are getting more involved they've got plenty of explosiveness and then Samuel very difficult to deal with in terms of being a little bit more of a hybrid player with fantastic speed when you're trying to deal with McCaffrey you're trying to deal with more difficult to also guard him and so when you're looking at 2019 this could be one of those breakout offenses where being invested in it possibly a little bit ahead of where people are looking because unless he finishes out with three or four more games like the one he just had more will probably be a mild value next season christian mccaffrey even you know well over 20 points per game with the number of top players in the league this year that we're looking like 17 guys right now at running back and wide receiver who are averaging 20 points per game or more and so you're going to really have depth through that first round and into the middle of the second round you know christian McCaffrey, even after this season could end up being a little bit undervalued but samuel while he doesn't have redraft value right now he's maybe that 11th 12th 13th round pick next season depending on how the season finishes out you know you could see him as, as early as maybe six or seven as later as 16 or 17 but wherever he goes there probably not if it's five or six but you you definitely want to have some shares and certainly if you're in a dynasty league that still is doing trading right now he's someone to put in as a throw in in a bigger trade so if you want samuel basically what you do is you find a similar guy to one of your main players you offer that trade one for one throwing samuel in obviously the expectation there would be that perhaps uh, your player is is one of the top guys on your team but someone you're not emotionally connected to might have a tiny bit more value than the player you're targeting on their team get samuel in that it's easier to do the trade that way to bring it in the guys that you want as opposed to trying to make a one-for-one trade with samuel where if you're offering the appropriate value you'll probably be declining 
yeah and another wide receiver we're talking rookies uh, is Traquan Smith and he's a player that uh, I mentioned to you uh, previously he could be somebody who has kind of splits between you know being indoors we've seen this with the Saints uh, in recent years uh, and then high scoring games obviously high scoring games there's gonna be more to go around but we touched on Michael Thomas at the start of the show and the effect that Traquan could potentially have there Um, you know Smith has looked a very good in some spots and then kind of like uh, no no noise at all in the other games with nothing really popping up uh, this past week uh, a really really good game coming his way what's your thoughts um, you know against Washington 111 yards two touchdowns uh, and nothing really since and then this week uh, the big game again so what's your thoughts on him uh, heading heading rest of the way for the rest of the season I know he was somebody who you were talking that as a, a deep deep pickup uh, in the preseason Right. So the two guys that I own in almost all of the leagues are more as a late first round pick and then Smith as a late second round pick. And you mentioned that game against Washington. It looks like it was about to happen. Again, the thing with Smith is that you have a player with an undervalued or in many ways unknown even resume uh, didn't come in as, as a big name prospect sort of moving from college to the nfl but his numbers there at central florida where they never lose and yet uh, could probably win 100 games in a row and and not be considered for the the ridiculous playoff uh, he he dominated there was more athletic than people expected in the offseason workouts and then goes into this offense with drew Brees. so again you've got this guy connected to uh, perhaps a player who will go down as the best quarterback ever with with drew Brees having his best season this year he starts to put himself into that category with a peyton manning and a tom brady and so very exciting situation that game against washington and then crickets right we had a month where he might as well have not been on the team and then even in this game it starts and uh, their undrafted rookie keith kirkwood is more involved and it's starting to look like well the the traquan dream is going to go down uh, as exactly that just a, a quick little nightmare almost that, that flitted by and players and then suddenly 13 targets 10 receptions 157 yards a score and uh, looks unstoppable so there's a lot of michael thomas to traquan not necessarily stylistically but in terms of the size the flexibility the dynamism and the quarterback to where i mean he, he's the guy you want but the question that we have in this situation when we saw it a month ago and then nothing is where do we go from here and now this is also complicated by a foot injury that he appears to have sustained in that game so interesting buy and sell situation with traquan what do you see him as doing and if you're going to try and make a trade what would be a value for him i get a lot of traquan offers in and uh, they're all well below what i would consider his value and just to make sure i put a lot of traquan offers out and they're always instantly rejected as being silly that you know my my league mates do not believe that traquan has the same value that i do although now after this game maybe that perception changes a little bit he, he fits into the category for me at this point is un, unless somebody really wants to come and get him because of these performances he's kind of almost untradeable where the person who wants him isn't going to give up what it requires to get him i think you know he's in one of those situations where his value has exceeded what people will be willing to pay for him because we've seen these games uh the value may start you know i, I would if i was trying to get him i would wait a week or two to see if these performances 
you know dip down you mentioned last week trying to to, to buy players uh, not exactly after their big games and that would be a case here uh, in terms of what i would offer i just think i think it's one of those ones like i mentioned i don't think you can actually uh get that move to happen unless it's ridiculously outlandish and then at, at this point of a rookie season with two big games out of 11 games basically i'd be or I, out of 10 games i'd be a little bit reluctant to give up what would be needed to get him in this situation um is obviously you have them in nearly all your leagues but do you feel that that's the kind of case with the value where you mentioned they're being auto kind of rejected when you send them out and then when they come in they're they're much too low for what you'd be willing to accept definitely because the inconsistency that you get from this type of rookie to where you really don't know what the volume is going to be like even for the very good players and i think that uh now with the second big game we can start to feel more comfortable with the fact that uh, some of the college track record the athletic track record the draft selection uh, all of those types of things are now being confirmed by a couple of games that we're having but even with that being the case becoming more comfortable with the talent evaluation we still don't know what the volume is going to be like and that's so crucial for starting him down the stretch of the season we've had some interesting questions on the message boards about you know where would we rank more smith Cortland, sudden uh christian kirk for very interesting explosive wide receivers but all wide receivers where we don't really know what the volume is going to be in any given game and that makes them difficult to start especially key now for fantasy owners as they try and either make their push for the playoffs or are trying to obviously win those fantasy championships and so you're obviously trying to buy them but the prices are going to be very difficult because you still can't be completely sure that you can even play them over the next month and certainly like we mentioned with Traquan, you have the injury we had a big game again from christian kirk and so i think that question becomes interesting uh, if you have the ability to move for a christian kirk or a Cortland sudden or you just have those guys on your roster and you're trying to decide whether or not to play them i had difficult decisions with kirk the last two weeks on my main main event team and, and one week it went well one week it went poorly and so those are the kinds of things that any owner is, is dealing with. And first Cortland Sutton, you've got a very exciting performer, but right now in this offense with Case Keenum, he's more of a, a multiple shot guy to where, you know, you feel comfortable that he is going to pull down a 30 yard gain. But if that's not a touchdown and that's one of his only couple of touch, uh, targets in a contest, then you're still left with a fantasy performance that doesn't really work. Do you have any any feelings on Kirk versus Sutton over this last month for fantasy owners who are maybe having to try and decide in leagues that maybe are uh, 15 roster spots with a couple of those used for kicker and defense? So you're really down to, to say, 14 roster spots, and maybe you're trying to bolster your wide receiving position for the playoff run. Those guys are the top people on waivers uh, where would you make the move there uh, out of the two of them in terms of usage and i know you mentioned that kirk's usage has been uh you know it's been very efficient in terms of the targets he's getting or turning into receptions but uh, i think we'll see the cardinals start to try and give josh rosen a little bit more on his plate to try and make uh, some pass uh, attempts and pass completions i think uh, looking at the way the broncos have been playing it hasn't been all that uh, impressive so I, I would be leaning towards the cardinals uh offense improving because i don't think it can be much worse than it has been so far this season and with that i think christian kirk is the player i would like to to own in that situation i think when you have uh, larry fitzgerald there i think there's just a a better 
uh, environment for him to develop. And I, I have been playing Kirk over the last couple of weeks. And even though this week, last week was a, a long touchdown, um, I, I think going forward, I think I have more confidence in him putting up consistent weekly numbers. So I could see Sutton putting up, you know, weeks where he'd be better off on your bench i think we're going to see kirk probably head around that 10 point average on a weekly basis at minimum and then could have the big weeks if he does catch a big touchdown and i mentioned his efficiency uh just when i'm looking at the the saints michael thomas this week four targets four receptions 92 yards and a touchdown so his efficiency has just been insane this season but with that sean let's get to the fourth quarter so Sean, jumping into the fourth quarter, we're going to pick up the pace a little bit. It is Carry On Johnson. We did touch on him a little bit earlier in the show, but I did say that every week he continues to impress me. The last three weeks in particular have been very impressive. Unfortunately, now he's picked up an injury, uh, so we might not see him for a couple of weeks with a knee sprain. But I think that the Detroit should be giving him more of the ball. They should be giving him the ball pretty much every every opportunity they can in terms of run plays. Like Garrett Blunt should not be involved in the situation. Uh, and I think Carry On Johnson... Uh, could potentially turn out to be the, the second best running back in this class behind Saquon. Uh, I, I, I know you're a big fan of Kerryon Johnson, but um, what's your thoughts moving forward? Obviously, the, the injury is a, a little bit of a, a letdown, but looking you know forward in Dynasty, what's your perspective on him? The injury is a real dagger, especially, I think, for zero running back owners although so many are looking through the different lineups and almost have too many options at this point with Brita and Chubb back off the bye and so many of those different players panning out now with james white and duke johnson and and all across the board there in that middle area are guys really with the big exception obviously of ronald jones all of those guys are looking very good and very playable Uh, but johnson to lose him in the playoff push right where he was making the jump and he was definitely making the jump hassan raheem and blair both wrote articles looking at his usage last week hassan in the excellent i i really couldn't recommend more strongly the zero running back report which you know we call it zero running back obviously there's some branding there but it's a, a great look at running back usage across the league and across different types of situations so really helps you play your running backs both in terms of starters and guys you might be looking as at depth pickups uh, blair wrote about the new uh, player usage app that jim clute has developed jim continues to develop apps for us throughout the season as we're going along here i uh, actually just added that to our various menus today uh, but we published some articles looking at it last week and brink goes in looks at some snaps in some different ways has some very good visuals looks at market share from a variety of perspectives and johnson was starting to really take this over obviously anytime you have legarrette blunt come onto the field it's so frustrating because i'm not sure there's a situation in the nfl where the talent gap between two running backs is greater than the talent gap you're looking at right there but the fact of the matter is that they are de-emphasizing blunt which is great and you could really see that in the beginning of this game when on the very first drive johnson carried seven different times and he kept blunt out of the picture by his final two runs or a 12 yard scamper and then an eight yard jump into the end zone that got him that touchdown he's looking better and better in the receiving game so to lose him right where he actually was pulling that entire committee to himself and and making it much more fantasy viable uh, frustrating but for certainly dynasty owners and and hopefully 
uh, owners who will still get him back for the actual playoffs the way he looked in this game it it was striking it throughout the entire offseason and then into the first month and a half i think a lot of the rhetoric or the narrative around carry on was that he was good but that the Lions had reached and or that there still was this gap in talent between Chubb and Michelle and Geis and carry on. And that definitely does not look to be the case. Now, certainly Chubb has looked fantastic. Uh, Michelle had been a little bit more difficult to tell with the injuries and with the way he fits into the Patriots offense there. But with carry on now really establishing himself as the type of talent that the rest of those guys are it's exciting within this offense even though detroit has shown that they are committed to uh, siphoning off some of the receptions and some of the goal line touches for other backs so sean jumping into overtime we're going to change it up a little bit this week obviously it is thanksgiving uh, and everyone's gonna be watching football thursday if you're listening to this after thursday you'll know how the games have went uh, and obviously we'll be looking ahead to sunday so it's gonna be an exciting week of football but thanksgiving that uh, three game slate is always interesting but i guess sean for the 2018 season what have you been thankful for i guess we've already probably talked about it at the start of the show mahomes has, has been <laughs> uh, it, it's really almost impossible to adequately explain what he means to uh, kansas city and the chiefs with the size of the role or the fit that the chiefs have in kansas city is it's just so huge it was great for the the city and certainly the team when the royals uh, somewhat flukily it seems like uh, won the world series several years ago uh, People who follow baseball at all probably saw the massive parade that the city had for the Royals and all the buy-in there. But even more than that, Kansas City has always been about the Chiefs and the environment at Arrowhead. And you know, from time to time, obviously Arrowhead and, and then the fans there in Seattle go back and forth fighting for that loudest crowd uh, record and. The, the atmosphere at Arrowhead, what the Chiefs mean to the city to go through so many years since Len Dawson and since those early Super Bowls with really game managers or placeholders at the quarterback position. And then to now be in the situation where they have potentially the, the Michael Jordan of football, right? The this player who transcends what's happening in the game in so many ways and really brings the best of an Aaron Rodgers, a Drew Brees, a Peyton Manning. And, you know, we saw the mistake finally on, on Monday night with the pick six and the fumble six and, and those kinds of things, the inability to get that final drive where <laughs> he somehow thought he could make a running throw of like 80 yards in the air on the final to Tyreek Hill but what he's doing in Kansas City is great for Kansas City it's great for the team I think it's great for fans across the sport certainly fantasy football owners you know the quarterback position has been so devalued but to have a situation where a quarterback still does matter and if you pick the right guy and and so much of it obviously is my connection to the Chiefs but 
for me, the the thankfulness of, of owning him on a lot of fantasy teams and, and what that's done in the fantasy season has been has just been fantastic and made this a really fun year as a fantasy owner and as a football fan. And, and like you mentioned, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. What would be the area or the player, the developments that you find yourself more thankful, <laughs> most thankful for as we go into Thanksgiving? If we're looking at it from a, an NFL perspective, not a lot. Uh, you know, I, I always mention being a Packers fan. It's a season that I had a lot of hope for, and there's not a lot that's going to write. But you mentioned the quarterback. I guess I'm thankful that Aaron Rodgers is that quarterback. But uh, it is also possible that the result last week could lead to a, a coaching change. So if that happens, I would probably be thankful for that as well. So mine is a more negative one, but I guess I'll say I'm thankful for all the, the Rotoviz listeners and uh, getting to do the show with you on a weekly basis. It's been a, a hell of a lot of fun uh, through these first uh, 11 weeks. And uh, I guess that's that'll be mine to finish it on a positive note because uh, – uh, football wise not a lot to be thankful for some teams heading to the playoffs I, i've really enjoyed uh, watching the nfl this season as i mentioned not only from a, probably more so than ever because of the packers struggles i've enjoyed watching other individual players i've enjoyed watching young players and how their development has been you know i've enjoyed watching players that we've been kind of rooting for like a you know like somebody like a, a dj Moore have those big weeks like kenny galladay have big games like players that i have no rooting interest for as an actual team i've enjoyed watching those i've enjoyed watching Mahomes' development so there's a lot of fun watching the nfl this season and that's something that i think like you mentioned in 2016 2017 it, it was a little bit more oh, i have to watch all these games this week again and get through them all again to talk about them and this season it's just been like every show we've done there's been no shortage of topics to talk about and i think having a fun season is the the thing that i'm most uh, thankful for from a a fantasy perspective but as we get ready to wrap up the show sean i just want to give a quick mention again to the road of his patreon page each week obviously on sunday at 11 a.m eastern there is the road of his live show usually myself or dave cabin or anthony amico is on there uh, and we're covering a lot of different ground uh, from your weekly nfl perspectives and obviously now some people might be out of the playoff pictures we do a lot of dfs talk as well so patreon ships for those start at just six dollars per month and that will give you access to all four of those rotoviz live shows and also helps support the rotoviz podcast uh, and everything that we do here as we continue to make great content and the other part is sean has mentioned new apps going up even at this stage of the season on the website and you can still get yourself that exclusive nfl discount to the rotoviz nfl pass through the rotoviz podcast page which is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast uh, and those apps you know I, I continue to be blown away by the work that goes on behind the scenes with guys like dave caven uh what the apps have gone up this week too it's just incredible uh, work that does go on and putting those out for a weekly basis so you can sign up save yourself uh, some money and, and be thankful to be a rotoviz subscriber for the rest of the season i guess that's the way we'll leave it but sean as we get to the end of the show is there anything else you want to do before we uh, wrap things up just to wish everyone a happy thanksgiving and definitely our listeners we have enjoyed so much getting to interact with you also the writers on the site i've mentioned that to them a couple of times on slack this week but so grateful for all the work that they have done and so impressed with all the work that they have done this season uh the staff is stronger than ever and it's just been a blast so we thank you all and wish you a happy holiday and i guess that's the best way to wrap things up so with that that's going to do it for this edition of road of his overtime on road of his radio my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and my co-host as always is mr sean siegel who you can follow on twitter at ff underscore contrarian and with that all that's left to say until next week is have a good one
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.